only see me as I'm listening to the intros recording these podcasts, you would think it was like a major rave dance party in my basement. I get the lights flickering. I'm booty shaking. I don't know about you, but I love this belt music. Anyway, welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. This is the second part of a two-part series with Dr. Devin Gumble. We are talking about being stuck, and I am just so glad to have you join me again. If you don't know who I am, I'm Dr. Freaking Aaron Wiseman, your colleague in medicine and coach in life, and you have arrived in a place to take you from burnout, brokenness, and despair to a life and work that is joy-filled, sustainable, and that you absolutely love. So let's get into this interview. Let's pump you up with information and give you a kick of encouragement at the end. All right, here we go. Okay, here she is, Dr. Gumble. And by the way, our recording got a little bit dicey on my part, so I have re-recorded some of the questions and spliced them in. So if they sound a little different, it's me trying to do some audio magic. All right, so here we go. First question in this two-part series is, when did you come to the realization that you needed to ask for help? Like, when was it that the switch went off? Yeah, absolutely. So I remember um, back when I was just kind of unhappy all the time. Um, my husband is actually a psychiatrist. And not only that, but he is a psychiatrist who focuses in his private practice very heavily on psychotherapy. And so you would think that of someone with all the resources in the world, right, you know, that I was the last person who should be struggling with something like this because I have this amazing resource, like literally at my disposal. You know, this amazing psychiatrist. And I remember one night talking to him about the same stuff, you know, over and over and over again about how unhappy I was. And I, I remember asking him, I said, listen, just tell me, like, I'm so tired of feeling this way. Like, do I need therapy? Because if I do, like, I'll get it. You know, like, I believe in psychiatry, psychotherapy. If this is the thing I need for help, then I'll go for it. But I was like, I just don't know what to do. And you know, he looked at me and he was like, no, you don't need therapy. You just hate your job. And I was like, well, then what am I supposed to do, right? Like who, who's going to teach me how to stop doing that? And for me, the switch literally was the podcast that I was listening to. The podcaster was talking about the idea that you should never leave anything, whether it's a job or a relationship, a marriage, a friendship, whatever, that you shouldn't leave anything because you hate it because it's not going to help you in the next job or relationship that you're in, because whatever your thought processes are that are causing you to think the way you're thinking and feel the way you're thinking, you're just going to bring those things with you because it's not actually the job that's making you feel the way that you feel. It's the way that you're thinking about it. And she said that what you really need to do and where the work really is, is that you need to figure out how to love that thing before you decide to leave it. And that for me was honestly my light bulb moment because it had never, ever, ever occurred to me. I thought, okay, if you're miserable in a job, your option is to stay in it miserable or to leave it, right? And find something better, find the job that isn't miserable. And it never occurred to me, like you said, that there's a completely different option. There's more than the either or, right? And what if the option is learn to love the thing that you think you hate so that you can develop that skill and bring that skill with you everywhere you go. And I took that as a personal challenge that at that moment I thought, okay, 
all of these things have kind of culminated together. Like I was at the point where I really wanted to find a solution. I wanted to find help. I knew I wanted it to be in a forum that was very interactive where someone could actually help me and give me tools and not just listen to me talk essentially about what I was thinking or what I was feeling. And that was what motivated me to actually start working with a coach myself. When I heard this idea of learn to love a job that you think you hate, um, because I knew I couldn't figure that one out on my own. Like, obviously I couldn't figure that one out on my own. I'd been so unhappy for so long, but I thought, okay, well, this is something I haven't tried. I've never tried to figure out how do I love this job now with all of its changes and all the things that I think are making me miserable so that I can either love the job I'm in and stay in it or at least be able to make a decision about moving on to something else, but with these tools, knowing that I love my reason for doing it, that I'm not just running away from something that I think is making me unhappy. So that was where everything changed for me. Yes, I think that is one of the most important things to recognize. One, that it's not either or, but also when you're looking at a situation, understanding how much of it is I'm running away from something and what is me running towards something. And also looking at that middle ground and being like, maybe there's some learning to be done in this current situation. And I just don't know what it is. And you phrase it as uh, loving it through it. And I always ask to gain the perspective for people of what are the lessons you're being taught right now? Because we're all going through some kind of transition in our lives, no matter If it's work or life or personal or whatever, family, friends, I mean, we really have to recognize like each day really is a new day that we're moving along and why, why not transition in a good way instead of one that's driven by sadness, guilt, anger, and fear? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, something that I learned throughout this process was that again, you know, you take your same brain with you wherever you go. And for me, this was not the first time that I had been in a working situation where I'd had the feelings that, you know, I'm giving more than I'm getting or that I'm not being appreciated or that I'm being taken advantage of. And, and for me, it was really difficult, but also so helpful to see that the way just that my brain had a default way of functioning wasn't helping me in that way. And how could I actually change that to serve me better. You know, and when I really started understanding how much control I had and how much power I had, that was so changing for me in so many different ways because I stopped feeling like I was just at the mercy of everything around me. You know that I had to wait for a person to change for me to feel better. Or I had to wait for a job to change for for me to feel better. You know, when I really started understanding how much of my own experience was in my control, it was so much more empowering, you know, than, than feeling like all these things are being done to you constantly. And, and that was something that I took away from the coaching that was so powerful because that affected me in so many other aspects of my life, you know, not just the way I approached my workplace or I approached my, you know, work as a physician or my interactions with other physicians. I mean, it really truly has impacted me in every single area of my life. And, and that is to me what was such an enormous gift, you know, that I never would have gotten if I had just walked away from that job being angry. Um, Really doing that work improved so many things for me, not just my experience of that job. You know, and tailing off of what you said, I think it's just so important that we understand that actually our brain does have some defaults and they're not always serving us. And like when you really look into it, we all have hidden rules and 
we think that it's supposed to be this way and that others need to follow our rules and they should do it this way. But where did those come from? And who made those up? And are those 100% actual truth? I think it is so important that we see those kind of automatic reflexes, those neural pathways that are so ingrained where it's supposed to be like this and we have to do it this way or you never do it like that. I think it's so important to identify those mindset rules because that's where real change can happen in your own life and in your own thinking. And I think that's such a great point because the more that I've done this work, you know, certainly on myself, but also now that I work with other physicians, you know, I think medicine and the process of medical education is so fascinating. I mean, obviously amazing things come out of it, right? I mean, I think being a physician, having physicians is <laughs> an enormous benefit, right, to the world. So I, I think that medical education in and of itself is a phenomenal thing. And I think that there are so many ways that our medical education has taught us thought processes and behaviors that don't serve us. And what I really see is kind of the next step in physician education is how do we learn to identify all those thought processes that were kind of ingrained in us, those behaviors that were ingrained in us through our medical, edu ed our medical education and training that are really hindering us and really causing our own suffering now? And how do we unlearn those things so that not only can we benefit from our amazing education and training and do this incredible job, right, of taking care of others. But how do we do that in a way where we're not just setting ourselves on fire constantly in order to accomplish that? And to me, that's the next big challenge for physicians is how do we take the amazing training, but then how do we also undo the parts of it that are no longer serving us once we get out of the educational process. I call that our hidden curriculum. Those lessons that weren't evidently in textbooks and on syllabuses, but the behaviors that we kind of picked up and tucked away as knowledge and how we're supposed to be and what a good doctor looks like. Yeah. And I think what, what is also so challenging about it is that this is a shared hidden curriculum. Like you said, I mean, for all of us, you know, it doesn't really matter what med school you went to. It doesn't really matter what field you're in now, you know, or where you did your residency. I think there is this shared doctor brain that, that we all have, that we're all fish swimming in water. And because we're all swimming in water, we don't even realize how wet it is, you know, and, and it, I think it really takes a bit of a fundamental paradigm shift to understand that, hey, maybe there are some things about our medical education that weren't so great, right? And that are not really serving us anymore. And in some ways are actually really hurting us, you know, and, and how do we make sense of those and break those things down, but keep all the things that were really great and beneficial about the medical ed educational process? Yeah, I think this is the exact struggle that the ACGME is having with resident education, as far as how do we teach and grow and mature great doctors? But how also do we help them to be better humans and come out the other side just as well as when they entered into the program, if not better? And maybe switching gears a little bit, I would love to hear your favorite tools that you use for yourself and for your clients on how to get unstuck. Yeah, I have a couple. You know, I think the first thing that can be so valuable to do is to take an inventory, which is really just creating awareness around where you are right now and what that's actually causing for you in your life. So when people come to me and they say like, I'm just stuck, right? I mean, they're, they're so in it 
that that's what they're focusing on. Like they're focusing just on how unhappy they are, how it doesn't seem like they have any options, how nothing's going to change. And so what I like to do first is like, let's just take an inventory and figure out what that actually means for you. And I like to ask a lot of questions. I like to ask, okay, how is this affecting how you're showing up? Like, how are you showing up at work? How is this affecting the relationships in your life? How do you talk about this situation to other people? You gain so much awareness about what this is really doing to you when you start answering those questions. I like to talk to people about what are you doing to feel better about this? Because if you feel stuck and kind of resigned, you, you have to find some way to cope with that. And if you think there are no options to improve it, usually what that means is that people are going to then try to numb out in some way, whether that means, you know, they go home and they just binge Netflix, right? Or maybe they overeat or maybe they start, you know, drinking to take some of the edge off. Whatever it is, when you're feeling stuck, there are things that you're doing because of that. And what does that look like for you individually? Like, what are you doing to try to feel better how are those behaviors affecting your life? Also, like, I think it's important to ask, what aren't you doing that might help solve this problem? Because usually when people feel resigned or they feel hopeless, it's not a terribly motivating place to be coming from. People don't say, oh, I feel totally stuck. So I'm going to explore opportunities for entrepreneurship or I'm going to explore opportunities you know, to, to work non-clinically and still sort of use you know, my educational um, training, my, my medical background. So asking yourself, what aren't you doing to solve this problem? And again, the point of all of that is just to take inventory and create awareness about how is this impacting your life right now? And after that, I like to get really clear on what is true and what is not true. And this is where I think having that objective sort of removed outsider can be so helpful because your friends, your family members, maybe even your colleagues they're probably going to agree with you to some capacity and that can feel so validating, right? Like when you have that colleague who's like, yeah, you know, that administrator's horrible or this patient census is just ridiculous or your spouse tells you like, yeah, those people are treating you like crap. That can be so validating, but it doesn't help solve the problem at all. And I think that's where having someone like a coach or a therapist or someone who's in that more kind of professional role to help you through it can be so important because they help you get really clear on what is and what is not true. And then when you're in a situation, you just can't see past that because you're going to think all of it's true. And that's totally normal, right? And so that's the next thing I really like to do with my clients after just gaining awareness is, all right, let's figure out what the facts of this situation actually are. Because once you get clear on what those facts are, that's where all of the change can happen, where all of the change in the way that we're viewing a situation can happen. And that's where some of the more advanced tools can really come into play. But to me, the very basics, when people come to me from the very beginning, like, I'm just miserable and I don't know what to do, take an inventory and then I help them get really clear on what the facts of the situation are, because then they can see and start to open up all the possibilities of what do you want instead? And how do we actually make a plan to create that? I love it. And that's so similar to what I think as well. And I'll share some more kick of encouragements on how I break it down with the A's. But if people are listening and they loved hearing your story and they want to know more about you and that you need to be their coach, 
where can they come hang out with you? Yeah, I would love for you to come and hang out with me. So you can find me on my website, which is physicianlifecoaching.com. That's where you'll find information about the work that I do. Um, there's going to be some free resources there for you to check out, see if there's something that can help you, whether or not we ever work together. I want that to be a place where you can come and know that you are not alone that there's someone there who understands exactly what it is that you're going through, what you're dealing with, and for you to start to get a taste of what are the resources that are available to you as a physician now that can really help you feel better than you do. I just love it. Thank you so much, friend, for just inviting me into your journey, for this like coming full circle from 18 months ago when we first started having our first conversation and for coming on the podcast and sharing your heart and the work that you're doing. I just, I love it so much. And I just so appreciate what you're doing in the world and um, how you're using your story and your powers for good. Absolutely. My pleasure. And I can't thank you enough, Aaron, for all the work that you're doing for physicians. Your podcast is amazing. I think that you're really kind of at the helm of a much needed change in medicine. So I am beyond thrilled um, to know you, to be a guest on your podcast and to just have you as a supporter and friend in my life as well, because you're amazing. Well, there you have it. The second part of with Dr. Devin Gumbel with being stuck and getting unstuck and loving your life. So I hope that you've taken away a lot of takeaway points. Um, seriously, it really is great to see Devin when we had first started talking where she was, like she said, just kind of miserable and, and coming into like this new awareness to now where she is settling into a place that she loves and finds so much joy. So I just encourage you that that can be you too. Maybe your journeys aren't going to be the exact same, but definitely the results and the outcomes can be like that. So Devin mentioned her favorite tools and I like to call mine uh, the A's. At first it was triple A's and now I'm up to quadruple A's. <laughs> So I've got four now. So the first A is awareness. Like she was talking, like taking an inventory, understanding like what's going on. How am I feeling right now? Like what, what is it that's swirling around me that seems like a blur? Actually getting in into identifying. The second A is that assessment piece where she talked about like the facts, like understanding what's true and what's not true. A lot of times I have people ask like, where are you feeling this in your body? Like, are you having extreme anxiety in your throat, in your stomach, in your brain? Like, figuring out the facts and what it really feels like and pinning those down. And, and also taking an assessment on ourselves of like, what might this be telling me or teaching me or signaling to me? You know, because we are really, really good at assessing other people and other people's problems because we're physicians. That's what we learn to do. So why not flip those skills around and learn to assess ourselves really well? Maybe sit back and take an HPI on yourself, do a freaking physical exam, and then churn through those details. The third A is ask and asking without judgment. And that's saying, what do I need right now and who can help me? So many times we get trapped in the how. How do I fix this? How do I make this better? How do I just run away? I don't want you to do that. I want you to ask without judgment on what it is you need right now. Who is it that can help? Where am I feeling all of this? 
And I think that will, will definitely help answer some questions. And then the last A is that action step. Because it does no good to do all of this thinking and mindset work if you don't get your ass moving down the road. So that's why that last A, it comes last, but it really is an essential part to moving this forward. And so that action, what small step can I take to meet my need? What small step can I do to help me with this unstuck, to get me unstuck? Or what teeny, teeny, tiny bit of movement can help move me in the direction that I want to be in, like Devin and Aaron and so many other guests and clients that I work with. So going through those A's again, jot them down. Triple A, here we go. Awareness, assessment, ask, action. Boom, right there. That's like worth $1,000. So I hope everybody is listening to it. Implement it into your life. Seriously. Pass it on to someone else who you know is just super stuck. I don't care about five-star reviews. I love interacting with people. And how I best do that right now is by you sharing this podcast with somebody you know who needs it. So I dare you. Do it. You know somebody right now in your life who is uber super stuck. Share this podcast series with them that I just did with Deb in these two episodes and tell them to listen to the end with a kick of encouragement to the quadruple A's because it's, it's golden. Let me tell you. And friends, seriously, you are not alone. There are so many of us out in the world that we do understand. We've been exactly where you're at. And here's the great news. We moved past it. <sighs> I keep telling everybody 2014 worst fucking year of my life. Bottom of the pit. I don't know how it could have gotten worse. Of course, I probably could have. But in that moment, I felt so stuck. I mean, I felt like chained to the floor with a cement tons of statue pound on top of me, not being able to breathe, not being able to move, just crippled, essentially just trapped. And I'm telling you now in 2020, total opposite, top of the world, everything is changing. And a lot of it came from getting aware, having clarity, identifying really what's going on, and then making those small little steps. Because you know, you're not going to do it in the first step, even though we all really, really want to. We all want to like jump from point A to point B as quick, as fast as possible. But it's not like that. It's like, point A and then 1.0 and then 1.5 and then 2.0 and then like 2.001 sometimes like that's the increment of movement and so just like when you're following on Google Maps and that little blue arrow is kind of shifting all the time that's really what we're doing in life is we're pointing a little bit to the north and then a little bit west and then sometimes we got to course correct because we went in the wrong damn direction got to go around the block so it's not linear. And I just want to remind you, you can have help along this path. You don't have to do it alone. I've had so many great guests. Please go back and look. And if there's one that comes to your mind, I encourage you to contact them. And if it's me, get on the phone. Let's do it. Let's have an email conversation. Let's get on Zoom. Shit, let's even get on Instagram. DM me. I would love, love, love to hear from you. Because let me tell you, it is better. It can be better. Change is absolutely possible. So friends, thank you so much for sticking this far into the podcast. And I just want to remind you, as always, your life, your calling, your pulse matters.